Today I'm back from gallivanting around the globe and Dan and I have a general catch-up on what we've been up to. Let's deploy. Hello and welcome to Push to Prod. I'm your co-host Cole and I work on Uselot, a tool to help SaaS companies build revenue through customer success. And I'm your co-host Dan Miller. I'm building a SaaS for the first time and learning as I go. Each episode, we chat about all sorts of things to do with the world of starting, growing and operating software businesses. Today is the 14th of May. Eurovision has just blessed us with its amazing array of performances once again. And this is episode number eight. And Colin is back in the house. <laughs> Thank Welcome you. back, Cole. Hey, thanks, Dan. It feels like uh, at least the last couple of months, last month has been... A repeating topic that I'm not here. <laughs> Mate, you're, you're living the life. You're living your best life. Where'd you go this time? Yeah, so this one wasn't workish. This was total uh, – originally it was just me. So I'll say totally just a vanity trip slash uh, a mate's wedding. So into the UK. Oh, cool. um, yeah, and I'd never been to the UK. So that was arranged a year ago about, you know, like he got married, asked me to be his best man. That sort of thing. Uh, that was wow. for sorry. That was for December. He had two weddings, and he was a bit, you know, you know why why have one when you can have two to the same person? Uh, <laughs> but that's because yeah, obviously married a, a, a doctor from the UK. So Australian one was a warm up wedding, and this was the real one apparently. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so I'd already because I was the best man at the Australian one. I said to him, "Hey man, I'm happy to come over and be a groomsman at this one, but I didn't have to be do any of the best man duties." So it's. As you guys, nice. as if you've ever been involved in weddings, yep. people, um, yeah, it's it's great to be the best man or whatever, but it's a lot more work. So this was good. Go to another nice country, to chill out. yeah, no responsibility, meet Very new people, good. have a few drinks. It was yeah, pretty good. But um, my two daughters ended up tagging along. So like in the last two months, they were like, yeah, cool. "Oh, it's not fair. We haven't been overseas since COVID and, and all that thing." And then. Um, so I went, this is a good time just to, you know, they're getting older, they're 16 and 14. It was a good time to just, yeah, go travelling with the the girls. I just had to, they just had to dra- get dragged along to some of the things that I'd already planned. Yeah, so, but they would yeah. love that because they're at the age now when they just start to, you know, do their own thing a bit. Yeah, and, and I did. check the sites out. Checked it out, went shopping themselves, stayed in the hotel room sometimes. If I was at the wedding, they didn't really care. You know, they, they're pretty self-sufficient, so yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yes, but um, and you timed that well, mate, because uh, it's the exact same time as we have a new king. The coronation happened while you're over there. That's um, right. Did you, did you happen to see any of that? So not really. A little bit on TV, but I mean, the good thing is I got to um, I got out. So I was in London the week before. So like all it was all getting set up and. And I, I don't know. So people have told me, I, my first observation was of London was, man, it is clean. Like, what the hell? <laughs> this is really good. And then someone said, yeah, the coronation's next yeah, week. Yeah. Like, it's That's probably right. a partly that. Um, but, yeah, we had great weather and everything. And then we left London and then by the look of the TV, the London weather was back to normal and it was raining. I'm glad I got out of there. So that was good. Uh, yeah, so it was just on TV. I was up north. Um at a brewery tour, actually. That's, the, that's where you should be. <laughs> for I mean, the grooms. no disrespect to the king and all, but you know, down here in the penal colony, Australia, we we kind of we kind of don't really follow that stuff too much. I mean, there's a few people that probably do. So you know, going to a bar when it's happening, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and <laughs> look, it was it was um, it wasn't over the top, at least from where I went. It was like you know, it was really it made it really idyllic. Like you had all the you know the UK flags up everywhere and all the different towns and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's some of that anyway, but it was probably over, you know, obviously a lot more. But it wasn't in your face, and I think most people took it with a, yeah, this is a cool thing, and we get an extra holiday. So um, nice. Yeah, I, I don't know about you know, there's probably controversy around all that stuff as well, but you know, I didn't really hear any of it. So yeah, yeah. 
So you're back. You're back I in Australia. Back. You're back in the house. You probably got some post-holiday blues, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's a <laughs> no, little... No, just yeah. kidding. No, it's a little bit... I mean, I did, um, I did mention a little bit pre-podcast recording there that it's just one of those things. I haven't really gone... So this is probably the... Like, outside of my wedding what's it called the honeymoon that i had like you know at my honeymoon which would have been 20 years ago i don't think i've not sort of worked or gone away for more than you know a week and then this has been like four out of four weeks i've been away for three and yeah the first week was microconf but at the end of the day how much real work could you get done when you're traveling and going to conferences and stuff like that and then if you recall i came back and i had to sell our house like we just sold our other house so getting that out and then i went away so it's like four weeks of been having a bit going on it's uh it's been interesting and it's just it's a psychological change where you're like yeah well that's that's fine it's okay not to be you know heads down and you know smashing out the startup all the time i mean obviously we have other guys and girls working in it so we can do things but and you feel a bit guilty that you're running off around the globe um but you know hey by the, by the sounds of it you haven't really done it that much over the last decade so nah. maybe maybe rewarding yourself not a bad thing yeah that's well right <laughs> yeah you've got to do that just have to keep reminding myself that and yeah get back into it tomorrow so yeah yeah. How has things been with years a lot um, when you got back? Uh, yeah, good. I mean, I haven't caught up with anyone yet at, at all. I mean, I've had, um, yeah, I'll tell you, I've had the jet lag worse than I've had, like just haven't been able to recondition the last couple of days. Today was yeah. probably okay, but um, so yeah, I haven't caught up with anyone, but we'll do that tomorrow. Um, I did know, like I have, you know, remotely been talking to the guys and I guess one of our big things, which I talked about, which you would probably get into after catching up with you a bit, was um, mm. some tech challenges that we've been doing around Elasticsearch and I know we've oh, a yeah. bit of a breakthrough in that we may have pulled it out. So that's going to be an interesting chat um, yeah, and see how that goes. Let's talk a bit about that in a sec, yeah, yeah. for sure. So what have, how have you been going and what have you been doing when I was away for two weeks? Oh, you know, doing nothing, Kyle, just, just sitting around being lazy. No, no. <laughs> um I've had a bit of a quiet one, actually. Um, I got taken away from building uh, my own stuff for quite some time. It's actually been a bit frustrating, actually. Mm. It's a funny story. Now, as I, as I mentioned previously, we run another business called Trade Guardian and we outsource you know, bookkeeping and administration for other businesses. And one of the things we have to do regularly is go to the, one of the local government websites and we have to fill in some details there. Um, and it just stopped working for some reason one day and... Kristen says to me, Dan, we can't access this website. What's going on? So I rock up to the office um, and I noticed it. I'm like, wow, yeah, it's broken. What's going on? So I thought, oh, hopefully there's something not going on with our network yeah. set up. So I went in there, checked the DNS. That Do you was think all fine. Is your first reaction to that, oh, well, you know, just check tomorrow because it might be down? Like, does that happen like the ATO site, for example, which is the yeah. Australian Taxation Office, for those who don't know that? It seems like every time I go to use it, it says, oh, it's just down for maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was definitely that. That was, that was the first things we checked, you know, check it online, check it on our mobile, check it in some other machine somewhere else. And it was all working. It was so curiously bizarre. So I raced in, you know, checked the DNS settings that was all fine and then i went through my thought process going ah what could this be so you know as you do you do do some you know uh, brainstorming and some and root cause checking dns is fine Mm -hmm. what about the firewall do we have any weird change settings on the firewall no i hadn't touched that um geez i don't know so i then started just trying to isolate everything from from the point from the isp all the way through to the machine and i couldn't figure it out (laughs) and then i thought to myself you know what I reckon we're being blocked. Mm. I reckon we're being blocked. 
how could it, why would a government website block us? Yeah. And how do I prove that anyway? So I fired up a VPN session just to pretend I was coming from another IP because at the same time, I could still get into it on my mobile elsewhere. And sure enough, as soon as I fired up that, um, that VPN session, bang, I could hit it. I could get to it again. So I was going, right, what is going on, you little buggers? <laughs> so I contacted them and I, I was very polite, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, here's everything I've tried to isolate this problem. Can you please check your side and see what was going on? And sure enough, yeah, they because we hit them like, you know, 40 or 50 times a day and usually they only expect a site hitting them maybe once a day, once every month or so, mm-hmm. they thought we were trying to hit them in some way. They thought we were trying to hack them. So they... They that they banned our IP address. <laughs> it's it's that seems so like like that's a really good practice to have. Obviously, you know, in terms yeah. of rate limiting and things. Yeah, but yeah. We fi- got rate limited. 50, 50 transactions a day. That's it. Seems no, like a lot. It's nothing. It? It's it's yeah. minuscule, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think they're just being super cautious and yeah. careful. And it might but be given the type of data that's in there. Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, payroll. Cool. Yeah. But I was so frustrated because you know it took me days and all this troubleshooting because in the meantime I'm you know working my day job and doing other things and I had to come in there in the evenings and try and do all this. And I'm just yeah. thinking, oh, great. I'm surprised that they were able to give you that answer. Like, yeah. like you know, well, in terms of someone even being able to, I guess it might be that common maybe that they. No, they oh, they, they basically uh, palmed Kristen off two or three times and eventually oh, I, I think right. because I gave him a really polite message and said, here's everything I've tried. Can you please look into it? Can we, can we please speak to some of your firewall or your networks people and let's talk to them? They handed it straight over and then we solved it within 30 minutes. So it was fine. But geez, it took me away from my work. And so, like I said, I haven't been doing much actually in the last two weeks on my own stuff. And it has been frustrating. I can tell you that. I know. That's a little bit like, yeah. And that's like, uh, you know, even though I've had time off, it's still, Mm. you always got it bubbling in the back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. And use lots always been this where it's like, we sort of know what we need to build and we've built most of it. Like, you know, apart from these technical challenges, but there's still these other things we want to add to it because, well, they're not add, it's like the integrations, you know, you need to do. Like we don't have a native Google Calendar sort of uh, integration, which so you can do task management and all that, but it doesn't sync to your calendar yet. We've got to do that. And you know you need to do that, but it's like can't get to it because you're trying to fix these other things. It's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got all this passion in your head and you're thinking, oh, all these wonderful things I want to be doing and you just can't. And yeah. that's frustrating. Oh, well. Hey, something funny happened during while you're away. I listened to uh Startup Apart podcast and yep. Michael Coper, one of the hosts on there, he said something very funny. He said we talk really fast, Cole. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard that one too. I know. And um something I thought about that we probably should have said at the top of the show, I guess. Hey, uh, that we we're gonna try and slow down, but Correct. I don't know if that's possible. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. I've heard you. Um here we go. I'm gonna try and slow it down a bit. <laughs> and it reminds me, there was a uh, comedian, and I cannot remember who it was. I, I saw a video of it about um, when he comes over to Australia, he has to get everyone drunk because it's the only way you can understand <laughs> them. So Classic. everyone slows down then. Well, maybe so, you and I should start mm, hitting the uh, hard liquor before we record, Cole. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it would work very well, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, pro- I'm quite surprised I haven't uh, had so many beers drinking on podcasts, but um, <laughs> I think it's just the time we do it. And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, nice. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been challenging and, like, um, I don't know, I can get into some of the, the technical stuff. But, Actually, um, yeah, tell yeah. us about it, yeah. So... We've had um, so like the history of Uselot was actually like at the end of the day. If you don't know what we like, it does a lot of things. But at its at its 
guts, it's a CRM still, you know. So if you think of a, a CRM, you know, it's all about storing. Most CRMs, if they're sales-related contacts and sales deals and all that, um, we store sort of things like that, but we definitely store, you know, users and accounts and revenue and all these sort of things. Um, and one of the other key things with a CRM is, you know, you want really good search and filtering and segmentation. So you mm. want to be able to go, mm. you know, I want to see all my accounts um, based around this really flexible search engine, you know, because you mm. want to, you might, you might geographically split your accounts or you might have different, you know, you want to look at them in different subscriptions or tiers or different teams or like, who mm. knows, you know, you, that's the whole thing. So you build up a quite dynamic, complex search system that can, segment the data and that once you apply a filter and we've done it like i don't know we like pipe drive as a crm and we've you know thieved a lot of their ideas um you can basically set a filter at the top right and it applies to pretty much everything in the entire system you're currently looking at and so the types of data we were looking at originally building like the original guts of this was a crm on a different totally different vertical um much more regulated and so and more data. So we put in some of these things like Elasticsearch and auditing, uh-huh. even change. There's another issue was like, you know, like just auditing, like every time you make a change, storing yep. the, the diff. Um, yep. And although it's the right thing to do and everything, the whole Elasticsearch thing, it, it um, complicates it because every time you change anything, you then have to make sure the index gets updated. Yeah. And because the entire UI is almost driven by the data that's in the index and not what's actually in the database, yep. you can get into points where it's out of date. You know, like So you're finding that as you evolve your platform, uh, you know, you're making adjustments to the data model, you're adding new fields here and there, that it's it, causing a bit of drama in the background with Elasticsearch or something like sort that. Sort of like that. You it's, you've got to adjust all the indexes as well yeah. a little bit, but it was yeah. more the fact that the search is really fast and everything works, but because we had a lot, we've got real-time events and everything coming into the system, oh. you then are making a lot more decisions about, okay, well, if this comes in really fast, how often do we update the index? And Interesting, so Some yeah. things we don't update fast enough and then that makes it look like it's wrong somewhere else. And Anyway, so it, it made the... It, it, like, as I said, on a normal, if you had a normal product and you had 10 developers working on it, it's not a problem. You'd work this stuff out or you'd have someone working on it. Hmm. When we only got like two and we're not like one of them's basically full-time dev. I wasn't. I'm not. It's just been, it's sort of all, it works. But then when you start getting, we've ended up with not heaps. We've got a few MVP clients sending a lot of data in and all this. It started to go, hang on, this is like, there's just little things that just aren't like we've, we had to rework more how we index you know optimizing that and all this and so i like six weeks ago we're sitting there going what have we done in the last six weeks most of us have been fixing these things um rather than like we just talked about getting some more stuff out that we want to get out and frustrating yeah Yeah. it was just a bit frustrating and i thought like we could still be doing this in like we may find that we're still fixing some of these things that aren't yeah. like in the next few weeks or months. And we just went, it's not. And then yeah. like Linda, our, like one of our co-founders who wrote a lot of it, she's like, I think she's re- she's background is database, right? So she didn't originally put the Elasticsearch thing in and she's like, like we like it, but she said, I, I could do it in the da- straight to the database, change the search engine back to that. And I could probably do it in like, you know, three days and then obviously yeah. you need to test it all. And so when I was away, I get a message like last week going, I'm pretty sure I've got it working without elastic. So I'm like, yes, chiching. Let's uh, hopefully this week's going to be good. And um, and look, we'll revisit that because we will want some of the benefits of elastic. But yeah, 
you know, hey, let's let's do that when we've got clients, you know, yelling yeah, for move, that, you know. You know, if it's taking up so much of your time more than you want it to yeah. and there is an alternative which you know could do similar similar yeah. work for you then and it's going to be a lot less work then yeah you probably will yeah and it's sucks to do it now but it's better to do it when you don't have a thousand clients yeah I, you know that made me think um i've heard uh benedict diker um who he runs um user list yes. uh, it's an email marketing platform and what on his podcast um they mentioned he mentioned actually for quite a few weeks he was having a few dramas with um, search related stuff as well. It might be worth reaching out to him yeah, and yeah. seeing if it was a similar sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, he might be going the other way where he's got it now. He has to start thinking about how to opt. Because I talked to Derek Reimer about it as well, and like mm. when they were doing drip and like they were doing most of their segments out of the database, but then started to move things into you know uh, document based, you know, faster searching stuff. So it's just I think. But that sounds like they went the right way. It was like they were waiting until the pressure was on and then mm. sort of optimised the right bits, whereas we sort of went, well, we, we think we need it, so let's build it and make most of our stuff flow out of it. And I think that's at least our team size, at least what we've done, I think we're going, uh, let's, let's, let's go back to something that's quicker, simpler. Well, when I say quicker, quicker for us to work on. <laughs> Hopefully nice. it's, yeah. And then little things like I was over there uh, and suddenly the prod site went down and like I picked up, lucky I picked up on it maybe, yeah, it was in the middle of the night in mostly Australia, so it was probably okay. But it, and that was because the database ran out and I was like, how's the database ran out of data? Mm. And then my first thought was, oh, it's our events coming in. We're storing a lot of events and maybe it filled it up. I did, and then when I looked at the analysis of the tables, it was our auditing change table stuff. So in Ruby, you can just put this thing called Paper Trail on, and it just yep. stores change sets for different things. And just one of our bigger objects, it's just because it's getting updated so much, it was just like bang, 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 and it yeah. ended up like sucking so much of the data. And we don't, you know, we don't have a lot of clients on it, and it's not a yeah. big database. I set it to te- uh, ten gig or something, but still, I was like, how have we run out of that so yep. quick? And again, there's another example of we put something in which you probably will want, like you want to have auditing and, and versioning, but I'm, I guess there's plenty of startup crms that don't have that you know it's like yeah, yeah we'll wait till we and so turning that stuff off and clearing yeah, okay. it out yeah, cool. you know those type of things it's like oh yeah so lessons even though it's well, our second startup we need to start thinking <laughs> from startups and not i'm, I'm we glad might to hear need. you say that because i've built um i've got you know not in, not on every single one of my tables but i already have the background of some you know some audit tables and some of the stuff i'm building as well so i'm thinking hmm Maybe I don't need to worry about that too much just yet until I figure out how I'm going to deal with it and the impact it's going to have. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the advice, Carl. Yeah, I, look, yeah, it's one of those. Like, I, but, yeah, flip side is I've worked on another product which is much bigger and they haven't got it in. And when you're trying to put it in, uh, oh, sorry, they yeah. went for the simple solution, which is turn it on in SQL Server. So SQL Server can do the history tables. Yeah. And that's sort of good. But when you try to programmatically connect to them and do all your normal, you know, search Mm. it look at the end of the day the auditing through the history tables in sql server doesn't pick up all it does is pick up changes in the database it doesn't pick up Mm. doesn't change why yeah and relationships between them and things um so it's not the solution either uh so yeah you still run into issues Um, well (laughs) it sounds like you guys though have chosen the good journey a good path there to take i reckon that'll make use a lot you know give you guys the ability to focus a bit more on some more 
higher value yeah, things. I think yeah. that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what we, you know, Good we move. know there's some things there that we need to get out. Yeah. Um, and your customers will probably be happy as well when they start seeing some more yeah. front of house stuff as opposed to behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that they and hopefully about. they don't know that yeah. we've changed that stuff, you know, because hopefully cool. all it does is make it faster slash more resilient. So, well, fingers crossed, I'll update crossed. as we go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. to me that's one of our biggest risk factors. If we don't get that right, then the yeah. whole thing doesn't work. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, in Techland, I've had a little bit of fun this week actually, even though I said I had a bit of a frustrating time because I couldn't get onto it. I was able in the last few days just to start playing around building myself a marketing site. Um, you know, I'm not planning on building in public or anything, so I'm not mentioning too much about it yet, but it's still fun to get out there and actually just have a go at this sort of stuff. Um, I've gotten to a point where the thing that I've been building, it's it's stable enough now for me to say, okay, great, someone could use that and have a bit of play with it. Um, and then I thought to myself, if I actually do put this out there and I do, you know, give it to the world, well, I'm going to need a marketing site. So I've got all the other parts working. <laughs> Why don't you go and build that? Even though it's not going to, even though I'm probably not going to release it straight away. Um, I thought it'd be great to just get in there and just, you know, get it going so that if I actually make that decision, I can just switch it on. Yeah. yeah. That's been fun. And so did you, And like when I saw that on Twitter and just in our note, show notes, I was, yeah, I thought, wow, are you going to be launching soon? <laughs> so that you answered that question that no, it's just more yeah. the journey. But um, so I guess one of the things I always find that people do when they do that, they either, like in my head, I go set up a whole different marketing site, you know, because that's just in my head. That's what I do. Yeah. At some point, yeah. someone, other team's going to run it. I don't want them tied to the product. Yep. And then you hear the other startups who build it into their product and at some point they've got to pull it apart. Like, oh, what, no, are you, I'm what are you doing? separately pulling them apart for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Actually, I looked into it and I, and I found um, uh, there's a bit of a framework called Astro um, and the interesting thing with this Astro framework is that um, it doesn't ship too much JavaScript to the front end yeah. and so it's like super snappy, super fast sort of stuff. It only really ships um, HTML after it's been built yeah, and is that like a st it's done in JavaScript and all that is like React or something, but it builds it? Is that what you mean? Like it's got a build step which then spits out the HTML? Correct. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like got a Gatsby. build step. So yeah. you can build it in um, any sort of different technology yeah. um, stacks that you'd like. Very much JavaScript related, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, once what it does, it sits there and it says, okay. For the stuff which is just boring vanilla HTML, I'm not even going to ship any any yeah. JavaScript over. I'm just going to send HTML over, and then only for these small little parts um, will it send JavaScript over, and it'll only hydrate those. In other words, it'll only yeah. make them usable or visible to the end user when you tell it to. So what you end up with is actually a super snappy, fast site, really, really fast. Um, so yeah, yeah, Astro, I've been having a bit of fun with it. Good yeah, experience. yeah. I've yeah. tried that. Like I said, I've tried Gatsby a couple of times for two different websites. Um, yeah, yeah. I I've tended to then go, well, we, you know, for use like we use Webflow, just like a no, you know, like, like yeah, yeah, just because that way we don't have to do any of that. But um, it is interesting. Like they're always not as fast as those sort of static site generators. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I because I've got heaps of other sites for other reasons and. Some of them are in WordPress, some of them mm. are in Gatsby, some of them are in other technology platforms. And it's, it's some of the stuff you get, there's too much heavy weight on them and they just take too long to load certain things. Yeah. And you just think, oh, you know, so static site stuff for me is pretty cool. And, you know, I'll have to check that one out, yeah, because I haven't, I haven't, I think I have heard of it, but I haven't actually looked at it. I'm not much yeah. of a front-end guy, like we've talked about before. So Neither I, am I, but, you know, I'm I, learning I want as to I get go. better, exactly, yeah. <laughs> one of the things I want to get better is just like the whole... Um, yeah, just the whole 
product UX stuff. You know, I can't remember if I brought that up yet, but I started looking into some Figma courses and stuff because I feel like that's another place where I use a lot right now with our current founders. We're sort of lacking. We're, we're okay at it, but we're either business or dev. Like we're not product UX, UI people. And we've always yeah. outsourced that or had a consultant who helps us do the, you know, the design. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you don't have those consultants on for a while, you start doing stuff yourself. And I'm like, oh, we probably need <laughs> to get, yeah, we should upskill ourselves a bit on this stuff. Well, you're right. That is one of the reasons why I decided to tackle the marketing site myself. I thought, you know what? I am lacking a little bit in the front end skills. Yeah. This would be a way for me to force myself to get better. So I'm doing it. It's ah, fun. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm playing around with um with Tailwind, which yeah, is you know the, exactly. the front end yeah. framework there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. I just, I mean maybe that's we should have a we should I'll write this down. We should have a topic totally for that entire that sort of whole thing. That like world. when you're gonna choose are you gonna choose yeah. Tailwind or this or that? Because yeah. I have my opinions of things, but I'm also not a great UX UI, as I said, front end one, but am I not yep. good because I have issues with some of the, <laughs> so, you know, like you, you hear the goods and pros of Tailwind versus, you know, like React versus something else, or yeah. should you wrap the thing? Should you not? And it, I've got quite like, and yeah, so I've got my own questions and thoughts on that. It'd be really cool. I think we could, you know, bring up a whole conversation around that. That'd be interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. In general with technology stuff, I tend to, whether it's back-end, front-end, database, you name it, my approach tends to be, um, I think, right, what am I, what's my goals here? What am I trying to achieve? All right, what potential options are there in the technology stack? What is my general overall framework? And therefore, mm. you know, do I exclude certain things because they just don't yeah. fit into that, that framework that I've got? Um, and then I'll say, okay, how much do I know about this? How much information is there available on it online already? how long lasting has it been in the space so far? In other words, I don't really go, you know, grabbing cutting edge stuff, but I will look for stuff if it's, if it's, you know, coming up and has been around long enough for people to actually put a lot of information available to it. Cause then you say, okay, it's stable. People like it. Obviously it's not, it's not ridiculous. It's not falling apart. It's not full of bugs. Yeah. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think, look, that sounds so like that's sensible and very close to what I do that I tend to be on even more on that conservative side of, and I was trying to describe this the other day saying like, you know, when you talk to a non-tech founder type person, Mm. um, and they're, cause we, we helped with another startup ages ago and, but we can't help them now. And they want to do some more changes and updates, but they're not technical at all. So they're looking at other, you know, agencies, blah, 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 things like that. Um, and it got me thinking about, you know, some of the advice you'd give to someone who's not at all technical. And, and if someone was, you know, going to say, oh, we're going to build it in X, Y, Z, you know, <laughs> and I was trying to yep. work out a way. Um, I was like, if you picked a tech, if someone suggests a particular tech for a SaaS, here are say five or 10 core features of a SaaS. And if they And then go out and ask all the, you know, go and find three or four people that you're considering and get them to answer what framework or library in that stack they're going to use. And if you get, (laughs) if you get like, if they're chosen, say, for example, they're all choosing node stacks, how close are, you know, say the authentication system or like what they're going to do with multi-tenanting or all this sort of stuff. And if it's too varying, then you may be choosing a tech that, because devs love new stuff, so yeah. that's the problem. And yeah. so that's why I say I'm conservative. And if you went and did on the, you know, Laravel or Rails community, you'll probably mm. get a very small um, 
you know, what's called a low standard deviation of, yeah, of, correct. of different frameworks. But when you went into Node, it's changing now, but like a couple of years back when you, if you did Node, man, there were so many options and there still yep. is, <laughs> but um, I feel like there is a little bit like it's starting to coalesce a bit, which is why it's such a popular now, you know, framework yeah. to kick off. What makes me think as well in regards to what you just said is there's a funny one which has happened over the years and that is when it comes to database choices, right? Now, for a while there, you know, back 70s and 80s and 90s, whatever, relational database management systems were pretty much all that yeah. there was, RDBMS. So, uh, sorry, anyway, I've got the acronym wrong, but you know what I mean. Yep. And then out of nowhere um, came the NoSQL land yep. and that was really um, came for, you know, high throughput, really random unstructured data handling, that sort of situations because relational databases didn't do that so well. And then you got MongoDB turned up. And then funny thing happened for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, you'd start seeing people just, just randomly choosing to build their stacks on MongoDB. And mm. then you'd say to them, explain to me what your choice was there. Why, why did you choose that type of database? And, and they couldn't explain it other than it was the new hotness. Yeah. And you sort of think, <laughs> oh, architecturally, that's probably not a really good choice. Oh, I, I mean, I look, I'm a, I'm a SQL guy. Like, I think yeah. most most SaaS companies are building f- CRUD form-based yep. stuff. Yep. Like, so yep. that should be relational, my view. Is, uh, there's certain yeah. elements which would go into a document thing. But again, maybe yeah. I'm too conservative. Maybe I don't know, but I just think. No, it's, 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 there's a, you know, there's, there's the right sort of options to choose from. And sometimes, you know, things just probably not the best option for the certain scenario you're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that just relates to what you're saying. Yeah. Developers tend to pick the hotness. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you don't know, how do you know they're doing that? And that's what I was trying to come up with this sort of, I don't know what you call it, but like a, yeah, a structured way to go, do this, do this, do this. And if you if you answer, if they answer and come back with these options, then and they're close to each other, then that's that's the safe tech choice. You know? yeah, but otherwise, yeah, maybe yep. you know, be prepared that there's a warning flag there. You yeah, know, that, that seems thing. to be my approach as well. When I when I when everything I see online and everything I hear when I talk to other people coalesces towards a certain area. Yeah, that's where I'll focus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason for one it. of the other struggles I've had, which um, over the last you know definitely the last two weeks when I went away and I did, you know, it was a personal trip, and so I didn't do a lot of twitter content even just even just you know obviously not with news a lot and stuff but even just like i don't know like i use twitter to look at news and stuff but that's oh, it yeah. like i wasn't like commenting and i i guess yeah. it's one of those challenges uh that i want to talk to you about is um because i know you're very active how often and what your process is on twitter and content not so much yeah. content but community building building your followers because i found that i had good success sort of coming up with a bunch of ideas um, and sort of scheduling them, having them in sort of like, you know, so I knew I was going to do this over the next two weeks. And then when yeah. I took this last break, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to, I've sort of got an empty bucket and I'm like, Probably I don't know. not a bad thing though, right? Do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of a social media pause, not, uh, not always the worst thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's so, it's so crucial to always be consistent, even with the podcast and yeah. yet it's been a struggle and I'm just like, yeah. Oh. And like you ABM, said, it's probably, always be marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's po- post-holiday blues maybe, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't want that to happen again. I, I need to be better prepared, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I tend to use Twitter more for the community side of it and things just come naturally. I, I love just chatting to like-minded people and it seems to happen i tend to um you know bundle it up or block it into in points in time so i'm not always on it yep. otherwise that can just consume you 
Yeah. Um, Too much multitasking, you know, like pulls you yeah. away. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, I look at it more from just, like I said, just to engage with people, learn about new things, discover new things, chat with people, reply, have a bit of fun with it. Mm. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, seeing it from the fun point of view is what makes you want to keep coming back really. Cause if I know that if I was personally trying to um, just do it for the certain purpose of just being a marketing job, I don't think I'd enjoy it. Yeah. So I have tried, you done that with your other businesses or anything? Yeah. Years yeah, ago, okay. I tried getting into LinkedIn quite a bit. Yeah. Man, that's a weird place. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah. Um, and I was having a bit of fun with that for a while, but yeah, it, it got a bit dry and it, and the you don't really get as much back and forth engagement on LinkedIn. You mm. really get more just, I don't know, it's kind of like turning on an old school TV and watching ads come down your, your throat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, I mean, for our community with Uslot, it's it's the place to be. So we're doing a yeah. lot on there. Um, yeah. I think there is a, the good thing is they're quiet. Um, chatty so you can you know there's oh, a, okay. a good way to, to go back and forth but you're right like the problem is Maybe you go I'll... in there to do that and there's 80 percent of it now is turning into either ads or people like it's this is probably a good thing but it's turning more into it's it's more acceptable to share yourself and what you're doing out of work oh, and all okay. that um yeah. which you know works for some businesses doesn't work for others yeah. um, but it is it's changing and i can see this um you know, I can, yeah, I could, I could see it being pretty useful, at least for our tools like use a lot um, because yep. all the other competitors, that, that that's where it's all done and which you'd understand like it's a yeah. SaaS targeted at customer success and founder. Well, some we're targeting founders too. So they're in that. That's why we're straddling that LinkedIn and Twitter sphere, I think, because that's yeah, where cool. they, they're going to be. Um, yeah. But it, look, to me, it's new. I, I never really got out there and content marketing when I was with start us social pinpoint too much. So this is why we're trying to change it. I just have noticed I've definitely dropped off over this last four weeks while I've been traveling. Don't beat yourself up, Cole. Yeah. You've had a lovely break and I'm sure you earned it. <laughs> it's a long journey. It's I keep reminding myself it's the journey. It's not that, yeah, you know, like it's not any one thing. So yeah. Yeah. Nah, totally. Well, I, I do know that a little bit of it's working because we got listed on the great Australian pods directory recently i saw that um yeah. so people actually are sort of picking up and hearing what we're doing so look if you this is the first time you're listening to us welcome and thank you for joining us i hope we haven't um how we haven't bored you too much with some of the, the tech stuff we're talking about but that's what colin and i are here to talk about we have a bit of fun with it so you know, yeah it's, it's just us i mean we tried so many different things aren't we this is definitely more of a catch-up we haven't we yeah. weren't like i only just got back so me and dan haven't um planned future episodes to totally but like i said we'll come up with some specific topics but um this was just have a bit of a chin wag really on mother's day wasn't it so which That's we right. should have had a shout out to the mothers yeah shout out, out to there all the mums and the other there. mother founders and stuff i hope um, you've had a lot of not not much to do today mums you earned it <laughs> I reckon that's probably getting close today. to the end, Cole. I oh, think that's awesome. been a good catch-up. Yeah, it's been really good. So, um, and yeah, I'd love feedback too if anyone had it on our last episode as we build out that SaaS um, uh, production hosting series. Yeah. That would be cool to hear more about that. And look, I'll do. I'll, I'm going to jump back in now into the socials and see what I know. There was a lot of notifications on the push to prod Twitter, which you're probably kept on top of, but I hadn't. So I'm going to jump in there and nice. um, probably make some mentions over the week, and hopefully yeah, we'll nice. um, see people next week. Cool. Well, thanks, Cole. It's been awesome. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at push to prod pod at gmail.com or you can also hit us up on Twitter at push to prod pod. I'm Mr. Dan Miller on Twitter and I'm uh, at Gomo on Twitter.
Cool. Yes. Uh, please, Cole. yeah, please just leave us a rating too on all the, you know, whatever you're consuming us on, Apple Podcasts, whatever, uh, Spotify, give us a five star. And until next time, Dan, I'll talk to you next week. Nice one. Thanks, Cole. It's good to see you back in the country and we'll talk to you again next time. See you, mate. No worries, mate. I'll stay here for f- at least a few months. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. See you.